Well, welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce videocast and podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and managing partner of Cordell and Cordell. And as always, we're continuing to bring you issues as they relate to COVID-19 and how it's affecting guys before, during, and after divorce on all issues in family law, whether it be, you know, now we have 30, over 33 million unemployed approximately. It's just a staggering number. Um, you know, modifications of support and alimony, uh, just trying to figure out what guys should be doing. And today we wanted to talk a little bit about busying yourself while you're sheltering in place and you may have your case pending. And we're going to talk about uh, the legal word discovery and what that really means and try to give you some action items. So get a pen and paper out, write them down. That way you can have a conversation with your attorney. But as always, before we get started, I always give the disclaimer and you're ready for it. And that is, it's not legal advice and you shouldn't take it as such because each case, each one has separate facts and circumstances that would dictate potentially a different uh, result and piece of information and, and advice. So uh, this is not an attorney-client relationship. We don't want you to treat it as such. And it is the stern warning to make sure you seek out the advice of an attorney, especially when listening to something like this, which will provide you with some action items. And, and obviously we are available at 866-DADS-LAW, 866-DADS-LAW, or on the web at cordellcordell.com. We can do it telephonically or virtually or in person where uh, each uh, locale, state, and city allows. But obviously health and safety is our priority for you and our attorneys. So reach out to us at 866-DANCE-LAW. We can have that conversation and consultation with you. So today, uh, joining me in our Austin office is Colleen Kinsler. Welcome, Colleen. Hi, Scott. Good morning. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for joining. And obviously, discovery, as I talked about, what that means, and we want to get right into it. But first, uh, everybody always wants to know, and we start off usually the podcast, talking about what's happening on the ground in Texas, what's going on in the court system, because we use the word closed a lot, and uh, no one really, this is a different interpretation of closed. Because when I think of closed, I think, well, the store is closed, which means no one's there, nothing's happening, you can't do anything, you know, lights are out. And that may be different in every state, and I think it's a very harsh word to use. So maybe just fill guys in and who are watching and listening, what is going on on the ground in the court system right now? Sure. So first, Texas is massive. So if you have a case in Houston, talk to a Houston attorney. If you have a case in the Dallas area, talk to our Dallas office, because what's happening in Dallas is just not the same of what's happening in Austin. But in Austin right now, our judges and court coordinators, court coordinators are doing an amazing job. Um, our courts are virtually open, but technically closed until June 1st for in-person hearings. That being said, if you have an emergency hearing, they are allowing that in person. Um, they also are allowing normal pleadings to be filed. They are accepting agreed orders. They are doing virtual hearings on emergency and non-emergency issues, almost time sensitive. Um, but what, what, what I'm seeing from all of our local judges they are trying to keep everyone afloat. They are trying to keep their docket moving. They are, you know, you're having direct emails with court, the court staff that maybe you went before, just trying to make sure that, that they are helping us and moving things forward. Um, and doing a hearing via Zoom isn't, isn't so bad. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, we're all getting used to this technology. 
I had to have my kids show me how to use it, which is so funny because, you know, they're used to it not only, I guess, before e-learning, but now consistently every morning my kids get up and turn on Zoom. And so it's great technology. I've used it outside of it with, I had a um, hundred people on a phone conference or Zoom conference. It worked really well. So we know it's, it's going to work well. We did talk a little bit about the confidential nature, which is something to consider. I was talking with uh, someone about that and whether or not we, those are things that you need to discuss with your attorney. But yeah, I'm glad to hear that Texas is moving forward. That's great. So there are. Yeah. So and the, the question, let me throw you something that just came to mind. And I know we talk about it in, in pretty much every podcast and, and every webinar, and that is um, child support modification. Uh, and, and with guys unemployed, and, and there's a lot of them watching right now, they can't afford their, their payments uh, and they don't know what to do. And we talk about stopping the bleeding. And I guess the question becomes this. We talk about the court system being open. I've talked to a number of our attorneys around the country where some courts aren't even taking any e-filing. I was talking with Rosario uh, Santoyo in um, San Diego, and she was talking about how, you know, they're not necessarily taking the filing um, or that pleadings are being returned. So there's different strategies. But maybe just real quickly before we get into discovery, what is the line of demarcation? I use that for retroactive support. And, and that's the really the most important thing for guys listening. And that is, if you want to give the judge an opportunity to go back and give you credit, if you're going to get a decrease, filing now is important. And so sometimes it's the act of filing and on that day, and sometimes it's the date of service that gives the judge the ability to go back. Let's say it takes a year to get resolved. They can go back a year. What is in Texas the line for retroactive support for guys to know? Absolutely. It's the date of filing. And like I said, our courts are doing a great job. So if I file something today, it's been accepted by the courts that day or the following day. So if, if you are, have you, have you lost your job? Definitely call, you can file a modification and then that almost stops the clock for you. It won't stop the Texas attorney general, but once your modification can take place, they will go back to the time of filing. Yeah. So it'll that's all get worse. Yeah, just, I mean, I think we can't say it enough, and I think it's important every time we talk about it in this podcast to really just let guys know that this was one of the mistakes that we talked about three weeks ago, and that is doing nothing. If you're unemployed, you're laid off, you have no money, you can't, you got to figure out where the money should go, let's get filed. At least give yourself that fighting chance on a retroactive action to try to give yourself credit. So thanks, and that's important to start out with. And on that note also, in Texas, we have court-ordered maintenance uh, mm. that can be modified as well mm. if there's a material substantial change. Again, this is Texas specific, so, but it, it can be modified and, and that works the same way. It's from the time of filing. So if you lose your job and, and there is court-ordered maintenance, that is something that can be modified and they will go back to yep. the time of Great. So now we, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about guys who haven't filed and that they should, but let's talk a little bit about uh, prior to the pandemic, we had some guys who had filed. Now, all of a sudden, things tend to slow down a little bit. Uh, maybe we had a trial that was continued or hearings, or maybe they're just kind of at the very beginning. And we use the word discovery. Maybe talk to guys a little bit about what the word means, um, what types there are. So just kind of get, these are things that they should be doing right now. And then maybe you can explain, start that process. And we can just talk a little bit about that. 
Okay, so first I'm gonna talk a little bit about formal discovery, and that is what we call a request for uh, production of documents. And that is where you ask for bank statements, credit card statements, tax returns, any sort of evidence that you're gonna use for your hearing, uh, whether it's <clears throat> school records, report cards, anything like that. Uh, with formal discovery, it's formally served, you have 30 days to respond. It consists of, like I said, the request for production, interrogatories, which are specific questions, requests for disclosure, which are uh, basic questions that are driven by the state. With these three, those are the top three that are used regularly, and we are still permitted to serve discovery, respond to discovery. I feel like with this time period right now, though, we can take a little bit more time to make them more personalized. We also can do some other types, which I think is important. Um, we can do subpoenas directly to financial institutions. So Bank of America, you can send a subpoena to for the bank statements. Uh, they are going to respond. In fact, what we've noticed recently is they, a few have been willing to accept via email because they don't want personal service. So people have started you know, trying to work a little bit more, surprisingly enough. Uh, depositions is another great thing, especially at the beginning of a, of a family law case. And usually, you think that has to be done in, in person, and, and it doesn't. We, even before this started, we had started doing depositions where if someone was out of state, uh, you could have a court reporter in one office with the witness and then you could be in another office and do similar to what we're doing either a zoom or or it was a Skype situation so depositions are still happening and can still be scheduled it just takes a little bit more work but what I really did want to focus on today is an informal discovery process so what I've noticed is at the beginning of a case a lot of the times, sometimes it, it starts off very combative, but with almost the courts being at, at, a, at a lull and maybe financials being a little bit more strained right now, I've seen a trend towards attorneys that we're trying to work more towards an informal exchange of financial documents. In Texas, that can be done via Rule 11 agreement, but in other states, an agreed order, an agreed scheduling order, listing out, all right, we're gonna exchange all of this financial information within the next three weeks. We're gonna go to mediation by this state. We're gonna try to get a hearing by this state. Uh, you have to amend pleadings by this state. And, and I think that that's important, but really it, it makes it, a little bit cheaper and the judges love it because we're sitting here trying to work out agreements outside of court. We're trying to keep costs down of maybe not sending unnecessary discovery right off the bat. We're trying to be transparent, get financial documents circulated. So I, I think that that's really a benefit right now, especially when the, car, the courts are closed, that you can start this informal process and it doesn't hurt you in the future because it doesn't take away, you can always do formal discovery later. Just yeah. because you start this informally, that doesn't take that away later. For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. 
Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. When the courts fully open up, you know, whether it's Texas or around the country, you know, matters that would have taken eight to 12 months now are going to be 16 to 24. And I think you're going to see judges saying, look, go work this out because I'm so backlogged, maybe 36 months. I, I don't know what's going on because they have to deal with what's already pending. And then we have the surge of discovery we call Corona divorce happening. We're having this giant amount of people filing or getting ready to file. And so I think it's in, in everyone's best interest. And one of the things we've talked about is reestablishing goals. And that is, hey, doing informal, as you suggest, is only gonna help you. But I know a guy sitting there right now saying, do I really need this, Colleen? Do I need discovery? And maybe that's the question you can tell them right now. Why do they need to do this and why is it important in their case? Absolutely. So, you know, every state has their, uh, their law as to how property is divided. And you really don't know what to divide uh, until this is done, right? And as much as you think you know what's, bank, what's in your bank statements or what opposing party has in some way, you really don't know until you do discovery. And it's just this next level of transparency. Cases that will settle in mediation those cases, you have discovery done. You have documents. Everyone is aware of, of what's out there. And it, it gives everyone the tools and the knowledge to go in and move your case forward. Yeah. It doesn't have to be extensive. It, it really can come down to the basics of bank statements and retirement accounts. And you can limit it. You can do it for a year. We've done it for six months. So there's all sorts of options. But it, it just, at mediation, they'll ask what what has been done what are we missing and so sometimes you waste time during mediation trying to get documents where that's something that you can be done ahead of time walking into court if you don't have these documents i've seen judges before say come back when you guys have traded this information mm -hmm. um so this gets you to almost the not the front of the line by any means but it but it lets yeah. you walk into court and say our ducks are in a row we're ready you know let us know yeah. So. I mean, I've had it where judges said, hey, are you ready to go in a month? I'm like, no, we've got all this discovery to do. And so you're right. It's while well, you're sitting here now, when you have more time than otherwise, you have more focus than otherwise, and your attorney may as well. Uh, this is a perfect opportunity to get things moving forward and keep them moving forward probably before the majority of people are doing it because they're not thinking about it. And so that's why I think talking about discovery is such an important uh, item today. And that only brings up the question of depositions. And that is a hot topic I know with a lot of clients and, oh, what do I need a deposition? It can be so expensive. Um, I'm a fan of depositions and I'm gonna have you describe what that is first. Um, I don't think any case should move forward without one. Uh, for me, what I call it's a free peek into evidence. Um, no fun. But yeah, you know, it's, it's, I love it because now I know what they, they're gonna say, but tell guys what it is. And then maybe, can you do it now? Uh, during COVID-19 and shelter in place? Is that something possible? Absolutely. Um, so the, the number one, can you do it now? I think it comes down to what your state order is, right? In Texas, they're sitting here saying essential services. I, 
believe that with the deposition, so long as you're not putting someone in danger, we still have trial deadlines. And so depositions are like any other discovery where it has to be done 30 days prior to. So I think the courts are would compel a deposition if someone tried to refuse. But really, at the end of the day, there's means to make that happen electronically and where it can be done safely. Depositions are, if you've been in a court setting where an attorney asks a witness questions, it's similar to that, except you're not in a court setting. You also don't have objections. So for me, it would be we would send a deposition notice to an opposing party. I would then ask all questions regarding the case. And they have to answer. They, there are very limited reasons that you can object to, uh, to not answer a question uh, during a deposition. They actually have to answer. And then it can be objected to later, but you still get that information ahead of time. Depositions are, like you said, it's just kind of a, a, a free pass to ask whatever questions you want. And, and really the benefit is do it at the very beginning of the case especially if your client can give you information that maybe the opposing side hasn't gotten to yet or hasn't the attorney hasn't been able to prepare opposing party and you can get in there and ask those questions and then they've committed to that answer which really can give you a benefit in court once we open up again yeah I and mean, even if it, custody it's my favorite is you know they they've taken the position that our client uh, shouldn't have legal custody shouldn't have physical custody well look okay, why Let's get them on the record saying every reason why. Is there any other reason? No. Anything that you can think of? No. Get them, you know, locked in so that they can't add something else that, you know, beforehand say, oh, you just forgot. Well, actually, you created it because it wasn't good enough at the deposition. So, I mean, it's, it's about preparing for trial or negotiating a good settlement because I can tell you that uh, a lot of times settlements um, result after a deposition because the deposition didn't go so well for their client. And Absolutely. So I, I think it's a good, good opportunity to really force their hand. And I like to do the depo first. And I think if you can do it in your location, I think it's huge. Um, I think it, it's a good time to do it right now. If you can do it electronically, whatever is available. So yeah, I agree with that. Um, timing wise, you know, if you're doing formal discovery, I know every jurisdiction has something different, but what can guys expect if they have to do formal? Well, how long is it going to take to get responses back? Absolutely. So uh, formal, you have 30 days once you've been served to respond. So and all discovery needs to be done, served 60 days before trial. So the responses need to be then responded to 30 days before trial. And, and that goes, that's the uh, Texas Civil Procedure. That is the rule for for just discovery but if you do an agreed scheduling order you can expand that or or I guess that make that lesser too yeah I think might be helpful sometimes especially with this situation so that you can supplement maybe sooner to the trial date or cut off the discovery if the trial date continues to get reset because of of the court system being backed up yeah that's huge you know I think as I, I think about the discovery process, there are a lot of attorneys, at least in our area, that just don't do it. <clears throat> and I love it because by the time I roll into trial, they're not ready. Excuse me. <clears throat> they're not prepared and they don't know what I have. They don't even know that the exhibits I'm going to show. And I, and I think that's an opportunity where you guys listening right now, your attorney hasn't done discovery, hasn't talked to you about discovery. That is a topic you have to have uh, or a conversation you have to have right now. And if they won't do the discovery, it's a conversation you have to have with another attorney because I think it's critical. 
Um, there are some locations it's required, what we call mandatory exchange of documents. But I, I do think it's so critical, as Colleen is pointing out, some of the items that, especially now during this pandemic, jump on it. It's a great opportunity to get some information in your case. So um, that's great stuff, Colleen. I appreciate it. Uh, really good, meaty items for guys to take and, and have a conversation with their attorney. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me, Scott. I appreciate it. Yeah. So as always, we bring you kind of the answering the questions, what can I do? What should I do? And what might, must I do? And I think we answered all those today with Colleen's uh, great tips on discovery and giving guys information on what they should be doing during this pandemic. So continue to tune in to our daily podcast, where we also answer questions that are submitted live during our virtual town hall. Next Thursday, we'll also have another virtual town hall. We'll bring you the Cordell and Cordell panelists from around the country and continue to provide you with the latest information on the ground and news and resources as it relates to COVID and its impact on family law. So continue to check us out at CordellCordell.com. Give us a call at 866-DADS-LAW. Until next time.